this evening, as we uh, take up our lesson this evening, I'd like to start out with a quote, and uh, a quote from the scriptures, and in your own mind, uh, think about what you think of that quote. But it says, deliver me, for thou art my God. So, what do you think about that statement? Uh, what would be your thoughts about someone that would make that statement? Deliver me, for thou art my God. You know, you would, would you think something like, well, uh, that's someone who had uh, a great faith. Or that's someone who had great trust. I don't know what thoughts would come to your mind. Uh, deliver me, for thou art my God. Would that be someone, you say, well, that'd be someone that'd be giving praise and, and, uh, and giving of, of worship and so forth. Giving honor and glory. Deliver me, for thou art my God. Giving credit. You would think they would be very sincere. Deliver me, for thou art my God. So I don't know your thoughts on that statement or that quote that is in the scriptures. Uh, but I, I, in my own mind, I do picture that someone had faith and trust in this God, someone that was worshiping this God, uh, someone to be giving this God credit. Deliver me, thou art my God. Uh, well, let's turn to Isaiah chapter 44, and we've looked at this before in Isaiah 44. We'll look at it from a slightly different angle uh, this evening, but Isaiah 44, and I'm going to start out in, in verse 1, yet now hear, O Jacob, my servant, and Israel, whom I have chosen. Thus saith the Lord that made thee and formed thee, and from the womb who will keep thee, fear not. Fear not, O Jacob, my servant, and thou, Jeshurun, whom I have chosen. For I will pour water upon him that is thirsty, and floods upon the dry ground. I will pour my spirit upon thy seed, and my blessings upon thine offspring. And they shall spring up as among the grass, or as among uh, the grass, like willows by the water courses. One shall say, I am the Lord's, and another shall call himself by the name of Jacob, and another shall write uh, on his hand unto the Lord, and surname himself by the name of Israel. 
Thus saith the Lord, the King of Israel, and his Redeemer, the Lord of hosts, I am the first, and I am the last, and beside me there is no God. And who as I shall call and shall declare it? And set it in order for uh, set it order set in order for me since I appointed the ancient people. What he's saying, who's who's going to say this and declare it, and it comes to pass? Who else is going to do that? Uh, and the things that are coming and shall come, let them show unto them. Of course, he uh, this God that we're reading about. Uh, I started to say predicts the future, but that's uh, that's foolish. He controls the fool, the uh, the future. Verse eight. Fear not, neither be afraid. Have I told thee from that time, and have declared it? Ye are even my witnesses. Is there a God beside me? Yea, there is no God. I know not any. They that make a carved image, or graven image, are all of them vanity, and their delectable things shall not profit, and they are their own witnesses, that they see not, nor know, that they may be ashamed. Who hath formed a god, or melted and cast an image, that is profitable for naught? Behold, all the fellows shall be ashamed. The worker uh, and the workers, they are of men. Let them all be gathered together. Let them stand up. Yea, they shall fear, and they shall be ashamed together. The smith with the tongs both worketh in the coals, and fashioneth it with hammers, and worketh it. With the strength of his arm, yea, he is hungry, and his strength faileth. He drinketh no water, and is uh, faint. Kind of reminds me, I don't know if it's still one or not, I like watching it forged in fire, that heat that uh, iron up and take the hammer and beat it and form it into these different things and everything. Well, this is kind of similar to what it's talking about. Uh, verse 13, the carpenter stretcheth out his rule. He marketh it out with a line. He fitteth it with planes. He marketh uh, it out with a compass and maketh it after the figure of a man according to the beauty of man that it may remain in the house. So you can picture uh, a carpenter and, and a blacksmith and on that show, on that uh, blacksmithing show, sometimes you see them almost collapse for heat and everything, these men and everything. And then, of course, the, here talking about the carpenter and the trees. You see all this hard work and everything. 14. He heweth him down cedars, and taketh the cypress and the oak, which he strengtheneth for himself among the trees of the forest. He planteth an ash, and the rain doth nourish it. Then shall it be for a man to burn. For he will take of it and warm himself. Yea, he uh, kindleth it and baketh bread. Yea, he maketh a god and worshipeth it. 
he maketh it a graven or carved image, and falleth down to it. He burneth part of it with fire, with part he eateth flesh, he, uh, and he roasteth roast, and he is satisfied. Yea, he warmeth himself and saith, Ah, I am warm, I have seen the fire. And the residue of it he maketh a god, even his carved image. He falleth down to it, and worship it, and prayeth unto it, and saith, Deliver me, for thou art my God. Well, there's a quote. Deliver me, for thou art my God. Do you have a little different feeling now than you did when I first mentioned that? Deliver me, for thou art my God. It does show trust and, and faith and everything. But here we see what their trust and faith is in. These things that they carved and, and, and uh, used metal and fire and formed all that. And they had all this. And they formed a God. And let's read uh, 18 and 19. They have not known nor understand. For he hath shut their eyes, that they cannot see, and their hearts, that they cannot understand. And none considereth in his heart, neither is their knowledge nor understanding to say, I have burned part of it in the fire. Yea, also I have baked bread upon its coals. I have roasted flesh and eaten it. And shall I make the residue of it an abomination? So I fall down to the stalk of a tree. This scripture has meant a lot to me for, for many years. You see them, great labor in this. Man's labor and making this. And again, you see, they'll take this tree and, and they'll cut it down. And they'll take the limbs and things, and they'll build a, a fire, and they'll warm themselves. And then maybe take more limbs and things, and, and they'll uh, uh, ro roast, roast and bake bread and things like that. And then they take the stalk or the stump or the main part of the tree, and they make a god. And they say, deliver me, for thou art my god. They've just done all this with this wood. They, they cut it down. They carved. They overlaid it with gold. Not realizing they'd burnt part of this. Now they're falling down before this saying, Deliver me, for thou art my God, son that they made, frail man. Deliver me, for thou art my God. And then... The next two verses, uh, haven't they considered? Their eyes have been shut, of course. And haven't they considered part of this? I'll, I'll lighten the subject a little. Part of this they had a wiener roast with. Part of this they roasted marshmallows. And part of it they warmed herself. And then what's left, they make a god and fall down before it and say, deliver me. You think no one can be that foolish. Well, they did. Their eyes were closed. And we, well, I don't want to get ahead of myself. And they did. And they trusted in it. 
You know, they had uh, Paul one time there uh, said they, uh, they had all these gods that this city had made. And, uh, you know, they'd have rain gods, they'd have fertility gods, they had gods for everything. And they even had one said, well, in case we've left one out to the unknown God. Very, a very superstitious people. Gods that they had made and they trusted in. Deliver me, thou art my God. Are they so foolish? Haven't they seen? Well, their eyes were closed. And the answer is no, they didn't see. And Jeremiah, I want to go there as well. Jeremiah uh, chapter 10. And I used to think this was talking about a Christmas tree. Uh, although this was much before Christ. Uh, but this is talking about the same thing. And I want to read it so we'll uh, remember this. This is talking about the same thing. You may twist it and make it seem like what is a Christmas tree or something. But that's not what it's talking about at all. It's talking about the same thing that we just, uh, just read there in Isaiah. Jeremiah chapter 10. Hear the word which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Jacob. And let me, let me uh, uh, change that just for a moment. Not changing scriptures, but just to uh, get our attention. Hear the words which the Lord speaketh unto you, O house of Arabia. So he's going to say something. And let's, let's consider what he says. Verse uh, 2. Thus saith the Lord, Learn not the way of the nations of the heathen, and be not dismayed at the signs of heaven. For the nations are dismayed at them. For the customs of the people are vain. For one cut a tree out of the forest, the work of the hands of the workmen with the axe. They deck it with silver and with gold. They fasten it with nails and hammers that it move not. We can read some places where they had to fasten it with, with uh, nails and hammers because these gods, they couldn't move, they couldn't walk, they couldn't fly. In fact, they would haul them around on their chariots, carts, whatever, and it would bog them down. The weight was heavy and they, they couldn't carry these burdens and everything. Uh, it says they, they deck it with silver and with gold and they fasten it with nails and with hammers that it move not I mean, it, can't, it can't move it couldn't stand on its own it doesn't have any strength they even had to transport it they are upright like a palm tree but they speak not they must needs be born because they cannot go be not afraid of them for they cannot do evil, neither also is it in them to do any good. So these gods that they made, you know, were very heavy, and they worked hard, and a very burdensome work that they did. And then if they'd want to go from place to place, well, send it, they wanted to take God with them, wanted to take something that they had to trust in with them, but, but it couldn't carry himself, so they'd load him down. It was loaded down these beasts of burden to carry these gods and everything that they had made. Verse 6, For as much as there is none like unto thee, O Lord, 
Thou art great, and thy name is great in might. Who would not fear thee, O king of nations? For to thee doth it appertain for, uh, uh, for as much as among all the wise men of the nations. And in all their kingdoms there is none like unto thee. But they are altogether stupid or brutish and foolish. The stock is a doctrine of vanities. Silver beaten into plates is brought from Tarshish and gold from Euphaz, the work of the craftsman, and of the hands of the goldsmith. Blue and purple is their clothing. They are all the work of skillful men. But the Lord is the true God. He is the living God and an everlasting king. At his wrath the earth shall tremble, and nations shall be able to abide, uh, shall not be able to abide his indignation. So we read a couple places here, and there are other places in the scriptures. And again, these these gods that man made, and they worked so hard. I'm not saying they didn't work, they worked so hard, and they would get hot, and they worked so hard. And the, so they made this thing. Deliver me for without my God. But yet, they couldn't walk. They couldn't talk. If they wanted to go over here and fight a battle or something, to take their God with them, they had to load it up on the beast of burden. So, uh, and it says that the stock is a doctrine of, of vanities. There's no soundness. There's nothing in it. But yet, they did this. So we've looked at this and what took place uh, in times gone by. And you might think, well, there's not really much need studying this because uh, no one does that anymore. Uh, I think of when you go down around the mountains and some of those areas and and it fascinates me to see that chainsaw art that they do. They'll take a thing and they'll carve an eagle and a bear and things like that. But you don't see them covering it with gold and falling down before it say, save me or something like that. But that's what it makes me think of. They worked hard at that. Back in this time, they didn't have the chainsaws and things. I'm sure a little more time consuming. And again, uh, that iron and bronze and things that they would cover it with and, and stuff like that. But you say, well, but that's not applicable today. Nobody does that today. Well, what if, what if I made one out of bronze? And uh, said, save me. Would it be okay? Well, not if we really felt that it was saved us, it wouldn't be okay, would it? If we look before this bronze and fall down before it, thou my God, deliver me. So if we really believed that and felt that way, certainly that would be wrong. What if I make one out of steel? Not putting the coals and beat it and everything, thou my God. You say, well, it's kind of a stretch, isn't it? Yeah, well, yeah. What about if I make one out of aluminum? Would that be wrong? 
well, let's say I make one out of cotton. Wouldn't be near as wasn't much work. So I'll, I'll take one out of cotton, and I'll. We had a in Ironton. Uh, well, they've moved since, but they're this where they stuff a make a bear or something like that. So what if I take that and and make a god? Well, I mean, you might think nobody would do that. Kind of far fetched, but it'd be wrong if they really believed that that would deliver them. If you made one out of plastic. But really make and trust in it. That's the thing. What we saw there, they made out of wood and overlaid with gold and silver. They really trusted in it. They really said, oh, deliver me for thou art my God. Deliver me from my enemies. They really felt that it would do that. And again, those in, in Paul's time there, they had, they had a God for everything they wanted. And by I mean wanted, if they wanted rain, if they wanted sunshine, uh, for fertility, for crops, they had gods for everything. And, you know, if that's the way, I mean, that's really the way to do it, <laughs> Get all, cover all the bases. And even just in case, we got one for the unknown God, we'll sacrifice to all of them. So, talked about these different gods and the materials. I think we'll see if it really made this and really trusted in it. Deliver me, for thou art my God. We realize how foolish it is. We just made this out of a chunk of wood. We realize how foolish it is, but yet some did believe in it. Is that wrong? Well, of course it's wrong. Whether we make it out of wood or bronze or gold or plastic or whatever, it's if we think, okay, I won't get sidetracked. I was going to talk about superstitions and rabbit's foots and horseshoes. I won't, I won't go into that right now. But is it wrong to trust in something like that? Deliver me and really think that that's what delivers them. Really think this is what brings the rain. This is what brings the sunshine. This is what brings our crops. This is what saves me. Wouldn't make much difference what material made out of, would it? It'd be wrong. So here's another thought. Well, I'll, I'll say one other thing first. <laughs> Lindy, you know I'm real sentimental, and on the south end of Columbus, there's still a house standing that Dad built, uh, and he was just a young man, and, and, and built it, passed all the electrical and all the codes in Columbus and everything, and used to be a place, we called it Down Over the Hill, it was kind of the end of the thing, the south end of Columbus, and it was just, there was a creek, and there's rocks and trees, and we'd go down and play and everything, and uh, I'll tell myself a little bit, Betty knows I'm sentimental, and she says, just Take a snapshot of it, get rid of it. You don't have to keep everything. I haven't learned that yet, Betty, but anyway. So up there, I went down there, picked some rocks up out of that stream where me and my brother would go down and play. And there was this one tree I remember. I took some bark off the tree. And it uh, seemed like it was a couple other things. But what if all of a sudden I'd say, this rock, maybe I'll rub it and say, deliver me. 
really think that that's a God. I just found this. I mean, that'd be as wrong as wrong could be if I really trusted and believed in that. Because we know, we read, there's only one true God, but yet I'm trusting in something else. Regardless of what it's made of. So my point this evening, what if I made one or looked at one that was made out of flesh and bones and trusted in it? Deliver me. Save me. So that's what we see today. We don't see them, oh, we see them carving stuff. I don't think they're really making what they look at as gods. But this thing of flesh and bones, almost the whole what we would call religious world, that's what they believe in. That's what they trust in. And I'll, I'll say this. I'll get ahead of myself a little bit. But it was so foolish They'd make this God, they'd take this tree and burn all this and burn all that, and then they'd take the stock and carve it and say, deliver me, thou art my God. And then it said that it was a doctrine uh, of, it said they're altogether stupid and foolish, and the stock is a doctrine of vanities. He said, yeah, it'd be pretty foolish to trust in the trunk of a tree to save you to deliver you from the lake of fire. Be really foolish to think in that. Well, let me just say this. I believe with all my heart, it's just as foolish to trust in this thing of flesh and bones. Just as foolish to trust in that. Uh, book of Daniel, Daniel chapter four. Daniel chapter 4, and verse uh, 16, talking about what was going to happen to uh, Nebuchadnezzar here. Daniel 4 is on page, well, we don't have the same Bible, so I won't give you the page, but uh, Daniel 4 and verse 16. Let his heart, speaking Nebuchadnezzar, let his heart be changed from man's and let a beast heart be given unto him and let seven times pass over him. So think about that for a moment. We know what was going to happen everything, Nebuchadnezzar. But it says, uh, let his heart be changed from a man's, and let a beast heart be given unto him. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Well, that's a good thing. Man, we, we, we read this morning, was it, the heart is desperately wicked. Who can know it? That's man's heart. So here, going to change him from man's heart to a beast heart. Now, not literally, of course. But this beast heart, these beasts know something that this man doesn't know. We, we think, 
we're big mankind and we're so smart, yet we see him falling down to the stalk of a tree, trusting in something's God, trusting in flesh and bones is God. Well, the beast, we're so much smarter than them, are we? On our own? So would you want a beast heart? We don't want man's heart. It's, it's deceitful, desperately wicked among all things. So here still in, in Daniel chapter 4, let's read around a little more. Verse 24. This is the interpretation, O king, and this is the decree of the Most High, which has come upon my Lord the king that they shall drive thee from men, and thy dwelling shall be with the beast of the field. And they shall make thee to eat grass like oxen, and they shall wet thee with the dew of heaven. And seven times shall pass over thee, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men, and giveth it to whomsoever he will. So this was going to be this was the dream. This is what was going to happen. And I still think at seven times in seven years, but that's my opinion. But that was the period of time. And, and, he, and God had a, starts he had a goal. I'm not sure if that really fits with God. God had a purpose. Till thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and giveth to whomsoever he will. Now, we could say to this man that made this, stump of this tree a god say god's going to do something here till you know that the most high not a trunk of a tree till you know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and give it to whomsoever he will and the same thing about those that trust in flesh and bones of man our prayer should be for ourselves and other individuals Till they know that the most high ruleth. Not one of the high. Till the most high ruleth. In the kingdom of men. And give it to whomsoever he wills. He's the one that's in control. Uh, so but. Right now. He's got a man's heart. Desperately wicked. Of course. That's what Jeremiah said. Verse 29. And I know we've studied this many times but uh, verse 29 and at the end of 12 months well what do you mean what's it talking about 12 months 12 months from the time that Daniel interpreted his dream for Nebuchadnezzar and it was a pretty serious dream hey this kingdom is going to be taken away from you and you're going to be like the beast of the field so no doubt that frightened him Whatever kind of calendar he had, the stars or the moons or whatever, and a year passed. And no doubt he was very worried. He was probably looking at his servants. He probably had people tasting his food, so if he's going to be poisoned or something like that. He was very worried. But now we see a day of relief for him. Twelve months. Wait a minute. There's nothing going to happen. And listen to what he says at this twelve months. In this 12 months. Verse 30. The king spoke and said, Is this not this great Babylon that I have built? 
for the house of the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. Boy, did he have a, a man's heart, didn't he? Trust in flesh and bones. But we say, we know what's going to happen in verse 25. Uh, Till thou know that the most high ruleth in the kingdom of men and give it to whomsoever he wills. In verse 30, he didn't think that at all. He thought he was ruling. He was king. He had this kingdom because of him, because he built it and so forth. So he had a man's heart. And I won't go back there. But if you listen to his words in verse 30, go back to Isaiah 14. We're talking about Satan. It says, Satan said, I'll exalt my throne above the stars of God. I'll be like the most high. That's Satan. That's Satan's doctrine. That's Satan's belief. And now here you see Nebuchadnezzar. Who's he following? Not God. Not the true God. Following Satan. Trusting in himself. I built. Just like Satan. I, I. And Nebuchadnezzar the same thing. I, I. And, and let me just say this. When we hear him on television or talk to people, I decided a long time ago I was going to heaven. I chose the Lord. I prayed through. Just they're trusting in this God of flesh and bone. I'm going to keep the Mosaic law. I, I, I. Of course, we even heard that in the uh, uh, Pharisee and the publican, didn't we? He said, well, I thank God, but he turns around, I, I, I. So uh, here in this fourth chapter of Daniel, uh, go over to, uh, well, well, we'll go over to verse uh, 34. But in the meantime, he was out there, and, and let me tell you what I think took place and why it talks about he was given a beast's heart. And you say, what's that have to do with it? Well, I... I Confident that it was seven years, said till seven times. And God can do this any way He wants to. He could have snapped His finger, or just, of course, just think it, or predestined, or whatever, for this to come to Nebuchadnezzar. But it's written for our learning and our admonition. So when the word just fell from His mouth, I built the kingdom, my might, and my power, it happened immediately then. Been waiting 12 months had all this faith now oh no no i this eye is even bigger than it was before so they he was living in exile out from among all the luxuries of the king and everything and uh i think of uh saddam hussein you all remember that picture this this guy had all these riches and rules and saw his castles and everything like that whenever our troops found him Pulled him up out of the ground, dirty, looked like a, a beast. I don't know how much I was left in him at that time. I guess beside the point. But anyway, Nebuchadnezzar is out there, and uh, undoubtedly food's pretty high on the list. Maybe the first year, man, these peaches are good, and these apples are good, and these walnuts are good, and all these things. And you see the deer and the different animals eating this food and everything. And then maybe this next year, 
was a late frost. There weren't any peaches. It's going to be a while before the apples come on or something, and maybe the strawberries, they, they froze or whatever there was. And, uh, well, still got some walnuts from last year and everything, but maybe another year, and these walnut trees sometimes are dry or whatever. Sometimes my walnut trees, they'll just be loaded. And all of a sudden, these all drop off. Not very often, but sometimes they do. So Nebuchadnezzar would see this year after year. He'd see the beast, the deer, they would eat. I think we read uh, The Lord Feeds the Raven. I think we're talking about downstairs in a Bible study. The Lord feeds the raven. He provides for all them. They don't reap or sow. The animals don't reap or sow. And he saw that. And they continued year after year after year. But Nebuchadnezzar was brought to the place that he was completely dependent upon the God, the most high God. And it wasn't, um, it wasn't of him. He was completely at the mercy on the receiving end of the most high God. Took seven years, but you see, the beast heart. Beast wasn't worried about anything. Did they think it was a true God doing this? I, I don't know. But year in, year out, they lived and they ate and so forth and so on. So after seven years, seven times, verse 34, you'll see this man has a different heart. Before he had this deceitful heart, I, I, I. Now, because it prophesied what was going to happen. It said, till thou know that the Most High ruleth in the kingdom of men and give it to whomsoever he will. Most High. He didn't think it's Most High. I built this kingdom. Verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lift up my eyes into heaven. And my understanding returned to me. And I blessed the most high. He didn't look at himself high anymore. I blessed the most high. He had been with the beast realizing it's God that controls everything and provides. And now I bless the most, not one of the high ones. I bless the most high. And I praise and honored him who liveth forever whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. And listen to verse 35 where he puts himself. And all the inhabitants of the earth, including himself, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. Now that's not what he's saying over in verse 30. I built this house for the kingdom by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. After seven years, now he has the beast's heart, totally dependent upon God. Then he says, and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. You see how he sees himself now with the beast's heart and how he saw himself before? He doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the heavens of the earth, and none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? So you see 
somebody with a different heart. This morning we talked a little bit about that heart, unclean. Well, the, the psalmist says, give me a new heart. The last thing we would think of would be, give me a beast's heart. But we see here, that's exactly what we need. We don't want this heart of man that thinks that we are something. A beast's heart, to they totally dependent upon another to provide for them. He thought that he was, as they say, the cat's meow, didn't they? My dad used to have this saying, and I still say it a lot. Somebody that's very conceited, certainly Nebuchadnezzar was, he said, I'd like to buy them for what they're worth and sell them for what they think they're worth. There's some good investments there, isn't there? Uh, he thought he was worth a lot, but he was really nothing, was he? All the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. So, do you think we're free moral agents doing our free will? Or is there a most high? You know, when you look at it, it's, well, of course it's foolish to believe we're free moral agents. What happens if our will is this and God's will is this? Whose will is going to come to pass? You know what they say? Man's will. How foolish is that? We're free will. Our will comes to pass. What about God? They don't see him as most high. Our will comes to pass. See what, how they see man. Going back to the heart of our lesson, they look at man, deliver me. Thou art my God. They look at us, flesh and bones, as God. One time I was talking to his Baptist preacher, and I think in a weak moment on his part, or maybe I didn't understand. Uh, and he said, well, I don't know if that free will is as bad as what we make it. Because there's been a lot of writings about it through the years and everything, and, and uh, I don't know if it's as bad as what they make it. Is it? Saying that we are free moral agents? Saying that God's not in control? Is that not blaspheming? Is that not looking at ourselves as God? We are free moral agents. We do as we please. And I know it might, and, and you all know people like that. And they're good people, many good friends. But on this, they may as well be trusting in the trunk of a tree. So, man's heart. We ask God, give us a new heart. Now maybe we might think, Lord, give me one of those beast heart that's totally dependent upon you. You are in complete control. They're just at thy mercy. Beast heart says it's God. Man's heart says it's us. Free will gives honor and glory and praises to the man-made God, to make a man of this flesh and bones. And that's their God. That's what they, is, isn't that what they trust in? They trust in man and their abilities and so forth. They have, and they have complete trust in this man. Now they, 
it's not a happy place for them to be when they really think about they might die. Then they say, well, I don't know if I've been good enough or not. But they basically have complete trust in it. Or lesson, deliver me for thou art my God. They make these gods out of wood and stone and, and bronze and so forth, and they have complete trust in it. Does that make it right? They make this man of flesh and bones. They have complete trust in him. This is what gets me there. Well, I'll tell you a story about myself. You can have faith to trust in something that don't mean so. Whenever I was about six years old, we'd move to Waterloo. And I was this intelligent young boy. No, I was stupid as, as a rock. But anyway, boys are always looking for things. So I found this umbrella in a trash can. Well, there's a toy. Because my other toys, I'd ride a stick for my horse, and my stick was my gun, and, and, uh, and my arrows and things. Well, I found an umbrella in a trash can. I got it out, popped it up. Looked pretty good. Had one section going out of it. But it looked pretty good. So I climbed on top of the chicken house, and I walked to the end. I had complete faith in that number. I knew when I stepped off there, and I did step off there, and I just knew I was just going to float down through there and everything. And, but I had complete faith in it. And I stepped off there, and kaboom. <laughs> and there's a guy next door plowing. I'll tell you my age. He's plowing with a horse. And he come running over. Are you okay? I knocked the breath out of me. I couldn't talk. <laughs> Carried me into the house. But anyway, I had complete faith. <coughs> complete faith in the umbrella. De to defend myself, I'm going to go one step farther. Just give me a minute. So one of my years after that, one of my best buddies, big macho guy and everything, he heard my story. Boy, he was really teasing me. Yeah, you're floating down there with that umbrella and everything. And his, his mom says, well, wait a minute. You jumped off the chicken house. You had a towel wrapped around your